Hello and welcome to AF Eloquence, where we are eloquent AF about all things football. My name is Bart Welch. And I am Emil Freund. Welcome, welcome to the podcast. This is round 12, edition round 12. It's Friday the 7th of June at 2.30 in the PM. And thanks for joining us. A uh, bit of a later one this week, Barty. Yeah, we've uh, we've had a, a big week again. As we've had a few big weeks recently. Uh, Mealy's Mealy boys moved house. It's happened. Moved bound. out. You've gone west. Bound, yep, out, yep, out to the western plains. Rat bound. I'm in Ratburg, Rat City, Rat Rat Town, Ballarat. Hell yeah! Mm-hmm. Shout out to Ballarat. <laughs> um, yeah, and we've been working our little butts off, but we made it before the Friday night game. And fingers crossed, it's gonna be this is gonna be out right in time for it to clash with the Friday night game. Yeah, exactly. And you have to make a tough choice, everyone. <laughs> and I what know what choice I've been making. Oh. I'll be listening to the podcast. Definitely. Every time. Every Maybe one, time. Ear, one one of your AirPods, if you got them. I got mm-hmm. one. <laughs> one. One of your AirPods in, in one ear. And then you borrow your mate's AirPod and you put the football stream through that in your other ear. So it's like us oh. yelling in one ear... The football in your other ear, um, it's complete chaos, but, but it's pure joy. Ca- chaos balls de rigueur. It's what everyone's about, you know. Maybe you got to, maybe you need to overstimulate yourself in, in order to, in order to free your mind, release into the footy, release to the footy gods, surrender to the cause. That's that's definitely what I like to do. I like to overstimulate to a point where I release my mind. iPad going, uh, phone going, TV, computer playing something else. The whole works. So much stimulus. Uh, nothing can go wrong. That's the thing with KO Hey as well with um uh, the split screen stuff. It's um that's pretty. I find that to be pretty in, in, in enjoyable. It's great, isn't yeah, it? KO is yeah, yeah. good. I'm it glad they good. finally fucking did it. Like yeah. finally got their shit together. And just put a sport, a dedicated sport uh, platform. I don't want to be paying for all the other best. shit. No, we don't want that. Come on. Not now Game of Thrones people- is over anyway. No, get the people what they want. Mm. Yeah, it's perfect. We can just split some KO, right? I got. I, it's so funny. I I logged onto it the other day. So Emil and a few other buddies have got, I've given them my KO dates and uh, Jackson, one of our other mates, logged on the other day and he's like, oh, geez, there's a few more on the old KO account. <laughs> <laughs> Sherman's caring, my lo- friend. It is, man. That's right. Ooh, just dropped me phone. It is, and you got to do it. And do. Uh, the good people at KO have enabled us to share like that, and we say thank you to KO. We do. Um, uh, and we also mm. say fuck you to Rupert Murdoch, so we don't have to, uh, if we're sharing an account, we're giving him less money. So Yeah, you and know, fuck that it's, guy. It's, it's our little way of making the world a better place. That's right. It's our gift to you. Inches and degrees. That's how we're going to make a difference, just by little micro actions. Sharing those accounts. Those little gestures, they can really make a massive difference down mm-hmm. the line. That extra 30 um, bucks a month in Rupert Murdoch's pocket, he's going to really miss it. He will. He will definitely notice that it's not there. 30 we'll bucks. Shit 100%. <laughs> well, we'll stop talking about that guy because he sucks. Yeah. And we'll talk about... Football, which Some sucks. Football, <laughs> which also <laughs> sucks. I guess the, the more our teams <laughs> lose and uh, drop games and get sacked, the the less we're as keen to maybe jump into the football talk and more just uh, a chat between mates. Yeah. Shit. I mean, I'd like to, th- I don't know, I would have, you may have thought being, me being a Blues supporter that I, uh, I wasn't as keen to record this week, but I was more keen. It's just moving as minutes later, but um. Yeah, mm. it's been a it's been a it's been a big big old week in footy, but big week in footy, man. A lot week. can change. A lot mm. can change in a week. 
in the football world. Yeah. Now, Emil, how are you feeling? Tell me. Oh, feeling. man, I feel numb. I feel uh, I feel like I did when it happened when when it happened to Brett Ratton when he was sacked. I think that. I mean, that being said, it's it's a very different circumstance. Uh, Ratton had there was way more reason to hold on to Brett Ratton um, than we had to hold on to Brent Bolton. I think that most people are most people were pretty much on board with sacking Brett Ratton when it came down. No, sorry, sacking uh, Brendan Bolton when it came down to it. Um, mm. it. There seemed to be a weird sense of inevitability to it over the last, I don't know, two months, I guess. It's just slowly been building, 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 and people have kind of accepted it as a bit of a fait accompli, um, especially post Brad Scott uh, stepping down. Yeah, um, that, that so didn't I, help in the, in the whole narrative, did it? That really opened up the chance oh, to yeah. do that and... It became a oh, more yeah. of a competitive market then with the coaches. Obviously, it always is, but when one goes and there's others up for grabs and there's conversations, you kind of want to be a part of that conversation if you're looking for a new coach. Absolutely. And it'll also, that just how staunchly they were backing Brendan Bolton um, to be the first club to pull the pit on a coach during the season would have been a, a, a bigger deal had, you know, if they were the first. But as Brad Scott had already departed, it kind of... It it, it it was a th- it was a bit of a thin end of the wedge, so they were able to, I think, get away with it with a bit of a smokescreen. It's already happened this so this year already. Um, yeah, man, I feel numb. I feel numb about it. I really liked Bolton in many respects. I think that um, I think he was a team player uh, right to the end. The way he was talking in that press conference was really eff- uh, effective and really affecting. I found it really um, really sad uh, and really really. I felt really bad for the guy. Like he, he did his best. He did everything we asked of him. But I suppose there was a lot of there were a lot of criticisms towards him, um, especially with his match day kind of performance. And I feel like that is kind of um, fair enough. His match day coaching, I never felt very confident in. You, you, you know, we didn't really ever look much like we had a system. Um, a couple of years ago, when we were playing very defensive, you could see it. But the last few years, it's just we've looked in too deep. We've looked like out of our depth. Um, and that's kind of reflective of, of why it all happened. I think it's because we're out of our depth because too many cuts to the list, too many young players being exposed too early without any, uh, any protection from bigger bodies. Um, and, and I think that, I don't know. I think that maybe his game plan was a bit too convoluted or complicated because it, to me from the outside, uh, it looked as though the players were second guessing themselves with almost every possession, you know, unless you're Paddy Cripps in the middle, you just got to bury your head into the middle of a pack and win the ball. Um, Our players just looked like they didn't know what was the right option. Um, And they didn't, they weren't clearly weren't playing with any real freedom or flair, uh, especially the last few months. So I guess if he wasn't able to inspire confidence in the group, then he does have to go. That's just, kind of how it goes. And of course it's not solely his responsibility, but that that's footy, you know, that the coach is the one who bears the brunt of it and has the responsibility. And even if we did cut our list too much and that's list management more than it is coaching, he is still the one who has to cop that. Um, Cause that's the list that we had. And he was no doubt part of those decisions as well um, and gave it his seal of approval. And even the last few weeks when, he knew his job was on the line. He was still playing kids. Mm. He could have quite easily um, tried to coach your aside and yeah, try and coach for your job. career, right? Yeah, didn't do it. 
And it's and like you said about list management just then, you know, a turnover of whatever figure it is. I thought it was, you know, is it 50 over five years or... Um, it's something like that, yeah. It's a crazy... 30, 36 in the last three years. That's a that's a, a really tough ask. The team wouldn't have a lot of cohesion. Like, it's you're not, you don't know what your final 20... Your best 22 is yet. Um, it's, it's a really hard um, job as a coach there. Well, so from, from moving on from, from where they're at now, now that there, there is that pressure relief, because that's one thing it always gives you. It's the big bailout. It's the evacuation shoot. It's, you know, because it does release that pressure because now you go, oh, look, interim coach, all of these things, you can reset. What are, you, what are your thoughts now on, on David Teague and, and what do you reckon they can do for the back half of the year? I hope that he is able to release the shackles and, and I think it does. You're right. It does relieve the pressure. Uh, and that's the whole point. Um, so look, many people won't be expecting us. And, and I've found myself thinking this at different points, like, shit, are we going to win another game this year? I don't know. Like, and I think, look, I think we will, but um, it, all I can hope is that we win a couple of games for the rest of the season. That's all I can hope. Um, there's the potential that we can play against some of the best teams and, and match it with them um, for large portions of the game. And, and that should have us in conversations to win more than one game of footy for a year. It ought to. <laughs> I just hope that they he's able to, yeah, release the shackles, let them play with a bit of confidence again. Um, I hope that they're able to try some new stuff because I think Brendan was pretty stubborn. Um with how he wanted players to play, where he wanted them to play. So I hope that it does give them the freedom to experiment and play some footy with fun and vigor and, and energy. Um, yeah, that's what I'm hoping. I really, sky's the limit um, for the rest of the season. Really, anything anything better than no wins is is kind yeah. of a pass mark, honestly. Totally. depressing. Oh, it is the reality. It's wild, man, because we have these same fucking chats last year and like before and oh like you said right at the top of this when i asked you how you're feeling like you're saying it just feels like you're going through it again like we just like really have you really have i don't know i i feel like it's this is the good i feel like it's a good move doing it now it's, even though it's i love brendan bolton as well or you know he's a, such a great man and all the aforementioned things i feel like it is what you need to do Change it up now. Hopefully you've got some of these players that are going to be in your prem- next premiership side or potentially your next premiership side and you can start to do it with a new person leading the helm. But um, Yeah, and the list is there. It's young yep. and inexperienced and at the moment not playing with any confidence, but the list is there. We've got the spine. Um, we've, got, we've got the forward line, bar two, bar two pressure small forwards. Um, the midfielders are good, although young and inexperienced and need a bit of a, another big body in there to help them out. Um, and the defense has been our best performing line all, all, all year. Um, and given the way they're holding up well, even given the injuries that we've had to our defense, um, so far this season. So I think the pieces are in place. It's just some, somehow we just got to find a way to win again. Yeah. That's it. You know? Yeah, and whether that's game style or, or system or confidence or a combination of all of them, I don't know, but it's got to be that. Well, I'm looking forward to how they respond this weekend against the Lions. That'll be a really intriguing game. I think it will. 
Yeah, the Lions have had the wood over us for a long time. Um, yeah. So it's a tough. You know. You know what? Like, I guess I'll, I'll let on with all my tip here. Like, with not normally the interim coach thing. I backed it last week with those ruse. Spot on. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, because you know you could see it kind of um, developing that that might happen because they've been kind of showing a bit of form. The ruse. It wasn't crazy wild, but I feel like if you guys were playing. If it was the last two weeks and you were playing Essendon or St Kilda, I reckon this would have been like it would have been one of those games you would have, you could beat both of those sides. Um, but I feel like the Lions are, are tough to beat. Like they're hard. To, they're good now. It's going to be a re- if you if you get over them with the new in, in, that interim coach feeling, that's mm. a that's a really solid win because they're good. They're a good they're side. Good. They, yeah, they're going to push for top four potentially. They've got lots of good, games, lots of winnable games at home this year, and yeah, and they're, yeah, they, they'll have um, they'll be a chance to play, not only play finals but be top four, which is insane. Insane, and they will definitely be huge step. And you can imagine how many people are going to get around them when they're in the finals. Heaps oh, yeah. of people. They'll, they'll be yeah, they'll, they'll be, be the bulldogs. Most people's second favorite team. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, That's they'll right. be the bulldogs of 2016 when everyone's mm. going for them. You can imagine them as well. They've got a similar kind of feel about them of a team that can go come you know come seventh or sixth and and yeah. win and win through win a bunch you know win three in a row or something um they got that feel Absolutely. about them too as a side the usefulness yeah. i guess do you see that goal they kicked on the weekend the um the like big kind of scrum was like soccered halfway up the ground and it ended up like can't um uh, Charlie Cameron like socket it from kind of the wing into this forward 50 and another i think maybe hipwood towed along the line then and Someone picked it up and kind of handballed or kicked pretty much to the goal square. And um, uh, Cam Rayner like ran in and like just jumped and did like this scissor kick and just kicked it through oh, the goals and the, yes, like right on the goal that. line. It's like yeah. that was awesome. That was so sick. Get it forward by any cost. Not yeah traditional method, but uh, that'll it's still effective, right? That'll do. It was very that'll fun. Do. Very fun watching. Man. Uh, yeah, look, I'm I'm planning. I'm going to hope to go to the game this week. I've got a. Um, I've got to clean up my old house, uh, do the cleaning there, but I'm, I'm hoping I can buy myself the time to head along to the foosball. We'll see. I, reckon you can, yeah, I reckon you can give yourself that. Cleaning house is a mm. nightmare. You need some respite. Go and enjoy the football. Watch your team that never mm. lets you down. <laughs> hey, I was there last week. I um, Just just for reasons of solidarity. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was, it was yeah. just one of those games you had to go to. I had to go there anyway. I was yeah, like, yeah, no, yeah. We're at our lowest ebb. Gotta yep. go. Can't be a fair weather fan. Know, we'll be even lower the following yeah. day. Yes, <laughs> days. there's yeah. further. There's <laughs> there's more rock below the rock bottom. <laughs> yeah, we drilled through that rock. We found there's actually a larger. Layer. Yeah, there's a massive <laughs> layer of yeah. an even denser rock as well. So it hurts even more. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, that's so good. All right. Well, uh, who's good, Bart? Who's good? Fremantle mm. seemed pretty good. That was a big Fremantle. win. Fremantle. Yeah, what? that's what Alex Mansell, our buddy Alex Mansell, was like. Hey, a Frio good? And as soon as they won, I hadn't seen the score. I was like, oh, well, okay, free Mantle at the G beat Collingwood at the G against Collingwood. And Collingwood have won. What did they win there? Seven in a row, or something like that. Something, yeah. Something big, something good, something that good teams do. <laughs> yes, and free to beat them. We know that Collingwood are good. We do. They are good, and uh, so is Geelong, and so is GWS. So is, so is GWS. Yep. Richmond West are good Coast with all their players. Their straps. Yeah, West Coast are yeah. coming on, aren't they? 
Richmond on is hey, good. Richmond are lurking. Hmm. Yeah, no, what, good, what was good that? Pick, good pick with the North uh, victory over the Tigers there. I mm, um, mm. I thought that the Richmond's experience would get them over the line, but you were you were spot on that. Uh, yeah. the, the new coach, the Reese Shaw bounce back effect. The Reese Shaw effect. Yeah, it's a sure thing. The interim mm. coach feeling. Yeah, he um, yeah. yeah. I, I just had a had a little feeling that felt just because it hadn't happened in a while, you know. This whole thing it happens all the time with the interim coach. They always yeah. get that they notch a win because they're the yeah because of all the reasons yeah. we talked about that valves released. Okay, you're out to prove something. Jobs on the yeah. line. The players are playing for their careers in some ways um, mm. and playing to show the potential new coach, whether it be yeah. Mister or whoever else that they can. That's play. right. Yeah. What? A, yeah. What about you know, they got some of that shin bonus spirit? back in town didn't they it was a real fight it was yeah. sick to watch man it was a cracking game that was my favorite game i watched on the weekend apart yeah, from of course just, the china the game about halfway through you're like oh dear they're this is this is north melbourne's night they're yeah. on they're really right? on and it's not as though richmond played badly north just played very well yeah north just matched it the whole time and then it was it yeah. was probably in the second quarter or something where it was like oh yeah this is um they're gonna they look like they're gonna be able to keep this up for four, for four quarters yeah they're not um, they're in front by mistake, they're they're in front because of and they're because they're momentum. working. Yeah, they're working so hard and they were tackling crazy good. Do you see Cam Zerha? He was so solid. Big. He's a he's been a big um he's been a big story for them this year. Cam Zerha hasn't he, man? He's been awesome. I love watching him play. Jeez, he's strong. Huge for that for that age. It's insane. Big boy. Mm. Solid I'm unit. Yeah. Hormones. He must be. Test him. <laughs> too many chickens um yep. yeah but no that was a great win i loved watching that it was awesome but yeah it was hmm. um and north uh, keep their very slim final ho- hopes alive as well because what are they four wins now or is that their fifth so, yeah yeah i think they're four that's it's totally fine i don't know what their run home's like it's obviously pretty tough from, from you know four and seven um yeah but, like, but only, only two games outside the eight you know it's, it's not... yeah it's tight isn't it it's, it's a weird tight. season. I like it. People seem to think that it's starting to lock down, but there's definitely some spots up for grabs there. Both the Adelaide, like you don't, you can't trust either of the Adelaide sides or Freo, or I think you can trust Brisbane now from from here. Yes. But those other three, you can't trust them yet. And hang on, hang on. No. Who's ninth? Who's just sitting outside of that? Is Freo, yep. Freo is just outside of the eight. They're on ninth. Yep. Okay. And, yeah, and both Adelaide teams make up seventh and eighth. That's right. Mm, interesting. And then it's the rest of us. It is indeed. The rest, the rest of us, uh, yeah. and, and to, the, to get to the dead weight of Carlton at the bottom of the ladder. <laughs> and then Carlton are down there. There's the rest yeah. of us, and there's Carlton. <laughs> Below that level of rock. Yeah. That's right. They're down underneath with David Teague's blues. It's actually a type <laughs> of blue stone deep down oh, there. Yes. Yeah. Mm. Very dark, Beautiful. depressing blue. <laughs> <laughs> let's no light in whatsoever <laughs> near light well hopefully he can excavate that rock and bring it back to the top back and to sell it for money oh, i hope so gee i hope so mm. well anyway um any other matches catch your interest during the week buddy well i had a great watch of the game in china oh, you poor fucking thing man I, we've talking we've talked all about the blues the top of this episode but those saints well, haven't mentioned that that was that was a well, that was the week from hell really horrible and it was um it was uh i think it was for me <laughs> this, i've been i've never been more okay with having a bite i don't think i've been 
It's it's good. I was like, because fr- it was annoying in the last few weeks being frustrated at the team, but like kind of um, illogically being frustrated because I'm so aware of all the reasons why we're not doing great, all of these things. But then I was still being a bit frustrated by it all, by how we're playing. So I think I need, I even need a little like a little buy around and as do obviously all the players who are fucking yeah. sick and in, injured and sick and injured. dying and retiring. Um, so yeah, but there's some, um, you know, that game was terrible Mate, and, t- and also, whew, yeah, what were we going to say? I was going to well, plug my just, laptop in. No, you're right. Um, it's probably what you were going to say anyway, but to have had a winnable game or at least a game you should have been really challenging for you, you it was an eight point game if you'll pardon the footy um, anachronism it was an eight point game um and if you'd played them at home you should have been every chance to take that game but you sold it off to china and port adelaide and and got trounced and not only that but you lost your captain after he heroically made his way back for the season oh, your players got which sick. just means he like, wasn't ready as well like the fact that uh, my thing with Geary, like I watched it with uh, Jackson Trickett, who's a good friend of Emil and mine. We we watched it. Oh, sorry, we didn't watch it together. We were just chatting on fucking phone, like pretty much the whole game. It was great. But we were both, when Geary went out, he, he'd like shirked a contest and like obviously was kind of protecting the leg a little bit because he, it was only six weeks ago. And then yeah. so my thinking and same with Jackson's is like, Every little thing affects everything in a very butterfly effect kind of way, you know. So if he isn't his best at the minute, maybe he doesn't get run down by Connor Rosie and gets maybe tackled and kicks himself in the back kicks of the leg, which is like yeah. the most humiliating way to go. But you yeah, know, so and it was an ankle tap, like it Rosie was. Ta- Rosie hit his ankle, so it's not it as, as, as embarrassing as like a fresh no, hit, hit sh- leg. For sure, but I just think that like you know they talked all this talk about how courageous and stuff he was. And then, you know, that he put his hand up to do it. And it's like, well, club probably should have just said like, nah, no, <laughs> like, no, nah, you're not ready. Like I would have rather, uh, you know, Ben Patton who's a six, seven game player who's playing great. Like I would have rather, rather Ben Patton or Nick Hine debuting over a like kind of sore Jaron Geary um, to risk, you know, more damage to his leg and all these things. And now he's coming out. He's not going to play another game in the season. Like it was just stupid. I think it was. Oh, blind courage or dumb courage, you know, like don't play. You're not ready. Yeah. I would yeah. much would have rather one of those younger dudes to come in. Um, but yeah, like you said about selling the game and all that, I understand in an each way sense of things. I understand the money that, you know, we're in second most amount of debt in the league and yeah. got to do these things. But then also we haven't played Port Adelaide at home for nine years or something or something stupid. And we, we've got a chance to play them there. Like you said, eight point, game it really was because we lost mm-hmm. by so much as well that our percentage is down to like a tiny 89 or something so we 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 really lost two games there we could have gone six five and we would have gone into top the top eight and then had a buy and yeah. then play gold Co- yeah. gold coast seven you know like there's it's a real it was a real turning point and then uh we we lose it and we go to five six and lose the percentage and fall out and and then we kind of left licking our wounds really and without a captain and it, but it's very much how this season's gone for us. None of these things are surprises. It's it's the su- most surprising thing is that we actually have five wins, <laughs> which is yeah. So good many, to have this buy. How many did you have last season? Four. 
Four. Four and a half. We had a draw hey, against half, the Giants. Halfway point of the season, you've already exceeded your wins total from last year. That's good. And, we, and we've had our hard run. That was our hard run. We lost mm-hmm. five of our last six games in there, but we played Collingwood, Giants, West Coast, Adelaide when they were in their good touch. You know, Port Adelaide, like, and then the Blues. Like, we've had a pretty hard run. They are all top eight sides, except for the Carlton. That's who, except for Carlton. Oh, they're down near oh, that they're, blue rock. Oh, right. They're, oh, uh, they're right down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're heaps further down. Under rock bottom. Way further down. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, who we nearly lost to. <laughs> we were very, if you guys pretty much lost it, you know, we both wanted to lose. It was like, who wants to lose the the Bless. most bless <laughs> yeah yeah um yeah um but i will say this about the saints the china things happened whatever have a have some time off but there's some really nice shining lights going on in in mm. other areas in our in our in injured players and in the vfl yeah. yes one particular man whose name dan hannabry dan hannabry ah <laughs> 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 uh, um, one player whose name is, um, it's like a Simpsons name, isn't it? Max King, Max Bauer, Max, Max King, Max King to the max. Um, he's been pretty exciting nearly in the VFL. Um, he's, so he's played three games. He's come back from that knee Rico. He's a pick four from last year. Um, and he's, yeah. So this is his first, first games against senior players. So first few games against big bodies and he's come back and played three games and he's kicked something like nine goals he kicked the bag of three or four in his first first week and then he's kicked last weekend he kicked three goals three and i think he started with the three goals or maybe he was like two one and then he kicked a couple behinds kind of later on but his first half was big and he also took five contested marks and this is a team that was a bare bones sandringham team because so many of our damn players were like flying over to china to get food poisoning together <laughs> Um, so yeah, they, they shouldn't have even won. And he, he, him and Hanabry were pretty much the two of the players as, as to why we got over the line in the VFL. But anyway, Max King, he's looking pretty damn good and it's hard to, uh, yeah, to keep a lid on the King because Man, it worries me when I hear oh, St Kilda supporter talking about potential talent on their list. I know. <laughs> like, it just makes oh, me I know. It's wild nervous. because there's two clear ways that it can go. There's the whole... There's the the glorious path that's you know the pick twelve. Uh, the, he's got number twelve, Rewalt's number. He's Rewalt's successor. He's got his locker and, and all. He was a Saints fan as a kid, and you, you know there's the side that can be like an absolute dream, and he can be our once in a generation player and be successful and amazing. And then there's the terrified St Kilda side of things, the the psyche that is, you know, the the guy with the bad knee who has all this pressure and does nothing or gets injured again or has concussions, 10 concussions, mm-hmm. like a, another uh, aforementioned once-in-a-generation player to yeah. replace Nick Rewalt. And, then, oh, and also with Max King, you know, he's got the knee thing. You, had a, uh, you also had a choice of an identical player <laughs> that you could have also picked two picks later in his yep. twin brother, Ben. There's that, you know, you can see where it goes. We've got, we get the... You know, if he went, if he went to Sydney, if Ben King went to Sydney, we could have had the um the McCartan with the head issues and and the King with the the wonky knee, and they could have had the uh the real the one true King, and the, <laughs> the and the younger better McCartan with yeah. the tougher head. But yeah. you know, th- there's always there's always that with any player, I guess. And I'm I'm glad at least they're not. You know, he's he's come back from his rehab. He's he doesn't have a crazy amount of pressure yet, like the other. 
picks do because he hasn't played for ages. He hasn't debuted. He didn't go one. I think pick four. Maybe pick four starts to be a bit. I think the top three, it's that right end of the scrutiny. But maybe, you know, he can kind of come along and develop away and hopefully show a bit of something without having too much pressure on him. But anyway, it's been good just seeing... You know, his highlights from his last game on the weekend was like it hard to hard to settle the excitement or the or the lid because it looked good. It was really cool just for one game. He's only played three games against men and he's he was dominant up forward. Five contested marks and like hit, hitting packs. And if he wasn't marking it, he crumbed a couple of his own balls. One of them he snapped on his non-preferred from like 30 out. Just like, oh, this is this is good. <laughs> this is good stuff. Right. So I got that to look forward to, Millie. Yeah, dude. That should make for an interesting story in the latter half of the season um, when he gets a game, which it sounds like he probably will if he's been teared up that much. Um, yeah. Good news. Yeah. Good news. Yeah, and possibly Dan Hanabry. And he'll, he'll play in the next, you know, a couple of weeks after the bye probably. I reckon um, you're right. Which is not going to hurt. Like, I, I don't know everyone's been sceptical about it, about, you know, the money you're paying him and um, how you've had to rebuild him and, and all that shit. Um, but... It's it's gonna help your list. He's a you're a better yeah team on paper with him on the on the on the park than you are without. Hundred percent. And if it's just for and this is the well documented part about you know even if it's his leadership if he's eighty percent of what he's what he used to be and he's getting twenty touches and doesn't quite tear a game open but can still just use the ball well and like choose the right options you know the right handball the right right release the right time to go and set up well and then lead the troops and he's got a bit of an arrogant thing about him that we don't have as much that's all valuable stuff he's a player that he's an addition that we don't have already in the squad so like so why did they um punt him from the leadership group then probably all the cocaine that he puts in his body <laughs> Really big footy, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. If you wanna if you wanna delve into rumor town, I don't reckon there's yeah. there's much to the rumor though. <laughs> he probably just enjoys cocaine. Um which <laughs> I couldn't give two fucks about if he enjoys cocaine if he plays well. That's right. <laughs> really? He's a highly paid young man. He's gonna yeah. go out and party and if I was paid a lot of money, I would definitely be buying more cocaine than I do. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's the only thing, isn't it? The cash. That's right, it's that damn oh. cash. Um, yeah, I don't know. Weird call to have him in the leadership group straight up. He can Was, be a, then he can weird be a leader. To pull him out. Very strange. You can be a leader, um, without being in the leadership group. <laughs> like, well, he's going to have to be. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It just doesn't make sense why he wouldn't do that from the get-go, though. Yep. I don't know. Who knows? All right. Let's get into this week. Um, yeah, let's we've do got it. a stellar weekend of football. It's some really cracking games, starting with tonight's game, which is mm. game of the round, first up on mm. a Friday. Um, yeah, Richmond boy. versus the Cats at the G tonight, mm. 7.50. Um, let's make it snappy because by yeah. the time people listen to this, this game will have already happened. That's right. Um, yeah. I am going to tip Geelong. I think mm. that Richmond will um, they'll, they'll bounce back after the disappointing result last week, but too many injuries to two, two important players and Geelong have got the class. They'll, um, they can win at the G again. So good on them. Good luck to them. Good luck to them. And yeah, I also think Geelong will win. Uh, um, but they're going to win by uh, 15 points, Emil. Ooh, um, if, you, if you'd left your tips empty this week, if you forgot to tip, and like some competitions do, they automatically tip the away side away. for you, you'd Happy be in days. pretty good stead this week. That's true. Oh you'd yeah, be, that's, that's a good point actually. If you didn't tip this week, you're probably going to still get um, 
four or five out of six. Yeah, all by the Melbourne Collingwood game. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. maybe. Hey, um, what's the argument? How do the how do the Tigers win? Because you know we're an each way bet kind of kind of podcast, but um, and we've both gone the Cats. But if you conversely, if you're thinking about it from the Tigers' point of view, what's what's their path to victory? In this game, so um, I skyped. Yeah. You, we skyped out then for a second in a we real did. cool, we, cool way. Yeah. Like, we it all Morrisoned up for a minute there. It was awesome. Um, but how do they get over the the yeah. uh, cats? Um, I think it would just be with pace. It'd be playing playing. It's it's easy to say play their best way. The, the play to the best of their abilities. But when the Tigers move the ball really quickly and play that territory battle, I think that's that you know pressure. don't. Yeah, and don't let Geelong set up, and don't let don't play to their back line. Long bombs don't work to Geelong. They're so no. good. They yeah. are so good at you know, um, Blixards or Stewart chopping off and and intercepting and then rebounding really quickly. And so I reckon that that handball pace game that the Tigers can do well at the G. That's how they win. Leg speed. Yep. Yeah, and also they do like a challenge. So after a, an unexpected loss last week, um, that's they could bounce back, but. They've got all these injuries, heaps of injuries, and David Asprey's out. Their defense is pretty depleted. I think it's like Tom Hawkins on Garthwaite. So good luck to Ryan. Um, I reckon. Mm, but yeah, Cats by 15. That yeah. game's already done, listeners, isn't yeah. it? How was it? One Did you love it? Part. One sec. I'll just sure. get up some coffee. Do you want a cup? Yes, please. Thanks. Dad's just. Um, that's the service. Hello, Dad. That's, that's fantastic service right there. Isn't you know, it? Right? Mid podcast coffee. Love that. No one's Thanks, no Dad. one's here for me. Homemade, homebrew. No one's here for me to make me a coffee. I'd love, I'd love another latte. I've got an empty one right here. Which is oh, bu- bullshit, really. It's bullshit. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's how they're going to do it. And it's already done. They won. Good on Geelong. They won. Well done, Geelong. <laughs> um, next game, uh, it's the David Teague rebound special. 145 yes. on Saturday, Arvo. Carlton hosts the Lions at Docklands. Um yeah, I'm tipping the Lions, unfortunately. Love to tip the Blues, but I, I have no confidence, much like the Carlton players. Yeah, they've got to you. Hey, um, yes. you're tipping much with the head. A very cerebrally. Cerebrally. Here we go. Mm. It's pretty good from a voiceover uh, artist, isn't it? Can barely cerebrally. say cerebrally. Cerebrally. AFL eloquence. Um, yeah, I kind of alluded to it earlier, Emil, but I, I've, if it was other teams that are more in that gridlock, they're all up for grabs. You could have beat, you could beat any of those in that big ninth till 14th mix, but, um, or, or, and below even down near the bluestone rock bottom. Um, but I don't think you're going to beat the Lions. They're, they're pretty good. They're a good team. They're pretty good. They're, they're nearly good. good. They're nearly who's nearly. good. Lucky they're nearly, nearly in the, who, they're lucky nearly in the who's good category. They are. Um, but not quite, but they're still too good for Bluestone Blues. So I think the Lions are going to win. Yeah, the Bluestone Bluestone Blues, rock bottom. I don't know <laughs> if there's a way. I don't know what the path to victory is there for the Blues either. I think there is mm. one, but um, I don't know. I don't. It has to be. Has to it's be confident. Pl- we have to it's, win. Yeah, it's pl- playing with pure flair and emotion. Yeah. Sorting out our forward structure, for God's sake. Anyway, we'll see. Doesn't look good. Doesn't look good, does it? No. Up on the GC, the Suns are taking on North 435 on Saturday. Who's your pick? Here's where I'm going to... Here's where I'm U-turning pretty quick. I'm U-turning quickly from 
Coffee cup. I'm U-turning pretty quickly on those uh, roos. I think roos are a good side steal, and they've had a nice little yes. patch, but a yes. little bit of regression to the norm here. And Gold Coast have lost seven in a row, which isn't yes. good. That's not good. No. But they, Including the, last week's pantsing by uh, the G, GWS. Got rolled by them, who are a dang good side, though. When GWS like pumping sides, they like kicking straight goals and being ooh, playing, you know, I was going to say being played into form, but they kind of just like punching down, I think. They're so smooth against yeah. the lower team. So, you know, it's not much to go by with that loss. But anyway, I think that the ins that they have, the Suns, they got Harbrow in and they got Took Miller. Took Miller, yep. Big ins. Harbrow's a jet. Harbrow yeah. is an absolute jet. He'll be like a classic for that club. He's He'll go down in those history books. Because he's come across and just been awesome for ages. Oh, like for years. Insanely good. Yeah. Really underrated. So they're, they're two massive ins. And they're a bit yeah. and two fed up and tired. As well. He does. Yep. They're, and they're, they're t- fed up and tired of losing. And I feel like this would be a good one to get up there at home <clears throat> against North who are kind of riding high. And we know what footballers are like. It works. In, they work in these mysterious ways in terms of, you know, they get a good win and against a club they shouldn't beat. And they lose the next week to a lower club. That happens all the time. And I feel yep. like this is a prime time for that to happen. And you've got to pick an upset okay. somewhere. And I'm going like those it. suns, baby. Woo! I like it, buddy. Um, I'm going to bet the other way. And I'm going to mm-hmm. back North in. I think my little prediction for North's back into the season is that they will push pretty hard for finals. They're not going to make it, but they're going to push hard. And I think Reece Shaw is going to keep his job. Oh, you like it? You reckon he's going to stick there next year? Yep. I think that the same reasons that North struggle to attract a big fish on the free agency market are going to mean that they're going to struggle to attract the big fish coach. And they're going to have faith in Reece Shaw because what he's going to do for the back half of the season. I love it. Wouldn't that be an awesome tale? What a great narrative for him. He's he's only been at the Roos for less than 12 months and already he may be, well, he's the head coach at the minute and could hopefully stay on. As per your hot tip, Emil from my hot tip. Damn right. And and the winning winning ship's going to keep sailing. Whoop, you go. No, no, no. I was just going to add nothing else to that conversation except just (laughs) pure talk. So (laughs) feel free to cut me off and let's move on. (laughs) Saturday evening at the Adelaide Oval, 7.40, the eighth place Crows take on the second place Giants in, I, oh, look, this is this is one of those games that I can see GWS losing. They shouldn't, they should really, they've been playing much better football than Adelaide this season and they should win it, but I can see them dropping it. Although Adelaide's selections this year What's going on bizarre. here? What is going on here? I don't know. Don Pike, okay. Do you reckon he's all right? I'm not sure, man. Did he's he not partake? in the what's good, who's good category. He's not he's good. He's not he? good. No, he's uh, not good. I don't know what's going on with old Don Pike. Maybe he had a, his hand in that collective mind pie and, I don't know, he got himself twisted up there because they're making some weird calls. Bryce Gibbs, they, they paid two first-round picks, right, for Bryce Gibbs. Is that right? They did. Boy, oh boy, that's a lot for someone who's just playing in the VFL a year later. Sandful, but yes. Sorry, Sandful, yes. Yeah, and picking him and dropping him, picking him and dropping him, I don't get what that's supposed to do. Like, they, they're they clearly looking for something specific from him, and from what I've read, it seems to be um, defensive pressure. 
<sighs> not every player can do it. Like it's the, also never really been Gibbs's game. Like he, he got to be quite a good tackler towards the like latter half of his Carlton career, um, but certainly not like a run with type. He's a he's mm. a classy user of the footballer from the midfield or the halfback line who um, can win his own ball, but just uses it really well. Makes good decisions. So I, I don't get what, what what's wrong with him. They're yeah. struggling with their forward 50s entries as it is and, and their midfield's inconsistent. So I don't know what the whole midfield America round is going on at Adelaide is. I feel like they're focusing too much on the negative sometimes, much like they do in draft years when they're like, uh, we were talking just before off air, like Paddy Cripps, I don't know about him. He's, he's a bit slow and his kick's not great. You know, like, yeah, they're, two, they're his two weaknesses. But he'll win a Brownlow and basically carry a club by the time he's 23 because <laughs> mm. of his strengths. Um, yeah. Um, I tell you, though, we'd, we'd fucking kill for Bryce Gibbs back at this moment in time. This is exactly oh. the kind of player we need. Oh, wouldn't Bryce Gibbs have been great for this season? <laughs> he would have. Like, yeah. wouldn't Bryce Gibbs? And yet, Brendan Bolton cops it all. Like, you know, all of these players that you've had that are all over the competition now who are stars or who have been stars or... Jared Wade only retired last year, you know? I know. Could have been Jared Wade, yeah. Eddie Betts, all of these players. Oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, well, you got the picks, you know. Who cares? We'll see. <laughs> we'll see. Oh, boy. Anyway, I'm picking the Giants this game. I know I can feel where you're coming from in my each-way sensibilities, but I think that um, the Giants should win. Yeah, I'm team. back in the Giants, too. I was giving a bit of uh, devil's advocate there for Adelaide. Sure. Um but the Giants. Yeah, nice. SCG on Sunday, the Swannies and the Eagles. That that modern day, well, rivalry, not really the last yeah. few years, but the 10 years before that. Was good then. It's definitely mm-hmm. waned in recent years, but... Sure has. They haven't quite lined up at the same point in, in the last 10 or so years, but... Hmm... I feel like there's some intrigue for some reason, just because it's Sydney and it's at home and all of this stuff, even though they don't play home very well, the Swans. But I looked at their ins and it's it's young. It's young, rebuildy ins. Um, mm. And West Coast are just starting to churn along. They I are. think what Hearn out, might be. Yeah, is Hearn out? I didn't even see the team. Shannon Hearn. I didn't look at West Coast. I missed that. Neither. Even if he's out, I'm still going to tip West Coast. Yeah. Yeah, I think so too. West Coast for me too. I think West Coast is going to pump them. Nice. Mm. In the tune yeah. to the tune of forty points. How's that? It's a pretty big win in this this competition, I reckon. Forty, 40 this, this year 50 yeah. points is that's a big win. It's a big win. Like, we're not seeing as many of those big rollings, except for the showdown in Shanghai, of course. Seventy points. Mm. Oh, might I say about that really quickly? I didn't mention it in. in <laughs> In, uh, when we're talking about it, but a team that loves playing teams into form is absolutely St Kilda. Like Port, who had a dysfunctioning forward line for the weeks, few weeks before the game, up until like the fourth quarter, had kicked twenty goals, three behinds. What the fuck? And you know what? We, we, they know. Everyone knows that we're inaccurate as a club for a goal kicking, and it's like this balance thing that happens in a game where it's like the other team knows that and so they're both kicking for goals and we're both getting them a bit and they start kicking more accurately 
And then it just starts to roll and we started missing a few. And then it's like this balance where it's just like, cool, they keep kicking them, kicking them. Then we just get broken. We're missing them. We miss four in a row. It's like game's fucking done. And then from there, they'd kick those three behinds also in like the first and second quarter. It was like two in the first quarter, one in the second, maybe. So from the start of the second quarter or the end of the first, they kicked like 15 goals in a row, 16 in a row or something. It was insane. Sorry, sorry mate. The Skype just uh, Morrison. I don't know what you do, man. And I oh, look. I, I hate to say, I told you so, mate. But those the the Jingguan Stadium. They they know it. They love it. They um they know it. They, they, they love know, playing there. They know which goalpost to aim for. They know they know what which Definitely. what the breeze is doing. The the sh- yeah the, the, the Shanghai, Shanghai swirl. swirl. Yeah, they know all about it. <laughs> oh, you've heard of it oh, too, mate. obviously. Ah, oh, yeah, it's yeah, they have it's the, notorious. They, all, and the we, other end, they've got the um the Shanghai surgeon. Free, they have the Fremantle doctor in WA, but they've got the Shanghai surgeon over there. Well, good thing we needed the Shanghai surgeon over there for all of our players that were oh, yeah. dropping like flies. Oh, true enough. Oh, but yeah, a quick interject on on that, just how ridiculous that was. And good on you, Port Power. Play your play your home song just before we start the game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, thanks, David Kosh. Awesome. Love him, Koshy. Mm-hmm. Go, Koshy. Hmm. Mm. Anyway, scroll them. Next game uh, is, is the game? Queen's birthday. Yeah. Oh, Queen's birthday! Happy fixture. birthday, mm. yes, Queen! Your highness, mm. my highness, yeah, yeah. There's, there's something in me, there's something strange in me that wants to pick Melbourne. That wants to. I know they they play against the they play this game particular game pretty well. They've beaten them in over the last few years a couple of times. Yep. They might even have the wood over them for the last. I'm not exactly sure. I haven't looked at that, but I just remember games where they've where they've won. They um, won. Been there. The last time they beat them was 2017. Um, mm. That and would have been the Queen's twice. birthday game as well. And they yeah, lost, they won by four points. Were... And then they smashed them the year before that in 2016. And yes. the year before that as well. Oh no, so the game before that. Um, so they beat them twice in 2016, once in 2017, and then it's been Collingwood the last two games by. Yeah, yeah. so Collingwood just beat them twice last year yeah. when it was when they were very good. Mm. And also. May's back, Stephen May's back, and maybe Jack Lever. Big, right? big news. Again, huge news. But in saying all this in each way fashion, you'd think that Collingwood would respond after their loss to Frio. Yeah, if, if they hadn't lost and to Frio until last week, then I would have been much more inclined to tip the upset there. But yes. Um, because of that totally, loss, they're going to bounce back. And Melbourne are going to continue having a season from, well, not quite hell, but maybe heck. I don't know. Well, how fitting for the demons, right? They can at least feel at home in hell. Does that mean they have the season from heaven? Because the season Maybe. from hell for the demons would be quite a good thing. Would be perfect, right? Yeah. yeah. So the saints have had the season from hell. Yes. And the demons have had the season from heaven. That's we right. need to do an old switcheroo. You do. And, uh, yeah, so, so we're down there in hell below rock bottom. <laughs> um, down below the bluestone. <laughs> so we're actually lower down than you at the moment. It's pretty hot and fiery in hell. Ooh. But yeah, we need to get up to the skies. We need to soar again. Pop our halos on. Mm. Do, do a uh, right. Indiana Jones-style uh. switch with Melbourne. Yeah. I like it. I like it. Yeah, no, but they're gonna they're gonna they're gonna stay in heaven. The demons. Yeah, Collingwood are gonna win. Well, that's the tips. Short round, of course, this week. First of three bye weekends in a row. Um, mm. And yeah, is it? It must be. How do you feel as a? When your team has the bye, do you watch a lot of footy on the weekend? Your team has the bye, but I still do. Yep, yep. I, I still watch watch a bit. I'll try and watch some of these games for sure. Um, and like I said before about my 
normally I'm like, damn, a bye. Oh, two weeks till I get to see him play, you know, from when when you last watched them. Um, but this week I'm fine with it. I'm fine with the Saints. They need a rest. Um, so, I'll, yeah, I'll watch I'll watch some of the games. I reckon your, your Blues boys will be a game I'll watch uh, with the most intrigue, I reckon. Yeah. That'll be the one. I'm really keen to see how they go. Yeah. So, yeah, no, I'll get around it. When do you guys have the bye? When's the boys have a bye? Uh, two more weeks. So we got, yeah, we're in the third week of the bye oh, round. Nice. Yep. Yeah, nice one. Yeah, awesome. Well, I guess we better wrap this bad boy up, Millie, unless you've got any other thoughts. Well, I do have a little bit of history for us. Um, it's not, Ooh, it's not the Mangrook It's not the Mangrook uh, story, which I'm still, working, I'm still working on. Had to move move house this week, so I haven't quite finished it. But I do have something. Absolutely. Um, oh, yes. All right. <clears throat> Oh, yeah. I love this. <laughs> <clears throat> right. Now, I've stolen this directly from... Well, you'll know where I've stolen it from once I finish it. But anyway. Um, <laughs> here's, start, I'll start you with a quote from Sir Thomas Elliot from 1531, mm-hmm. published in The Governor. Football, wherein is nothing but beastly fury and extreme violence, whereof proceedeth hurt, and consequently rancor and malice do remain with them that be wounded. So, um, starting off strong. Excuse me? <laughs> yeah, very strong. <laughs> yeah. That's a strong opener. Isn't it? Okay. On Sunday, the 16th of April, 1967, in the rooms of the Sun's, Sun News Pictorial, they were filled with journalists writing and talking about the previous day's Aussie Rules football games. The Sun was Melbourne's biggest circulating newspaper, and on Monday, football was a mainstay of its pages, both back and even sometimes the front, where the main news ought to be, supposedly. This is according to the writer. Right. Melbourne, then as now, was football mad. In one respect, things were better. Again, this is written from a point of view, just pointing that out. In those days, Australian (laughs) rules football... The old days. Right? In those days, Australian rules football was played only on Saturdays. Although football was played elsewhere in Australia, the wintry second capital, Melbourne, has always been the capital of Australian rules football. Certainly winter at the moment. Oh, it's we disgusting. Have, Mind you, it's yeah. wintry here, there, and everywhere. Sydney's cold as hell. I'm in a jacket. We're both in jackets. We look good, though. Puff, puffer jacket, cute. beanie combos today we have. Maybe I'll take a little oh, photo man. and we can put it's it Skype. up. Oh, there, there we go. I'm, I've come back again because I had another little Skype time. I just love our Skype times. But I've come back to a real nice shot of Mealy, well-framed in the... Oh, there we are. Cute Hello. boys. Hey. Oh. Mm. There we are. Gee, can you imagine we had football on a, only on a Saturday now? Oh. Nine games. It's like the All festival games of football. Like 10 past two. Yeah, yeah. And they, you did it around the ground and have the radio going to find out the other results. It'd be, it'd be fucking exciting when it came to like the final couple of rounds of the season in terms of when, when results are super important for where you finish, etc. True. Also, you could really get that <clears throat> overstimulated game uh, style going as we talked about at the top of the pod with, uh, you know, one year you got this game, this year you got that game, you're watching it here, you're at the ground live watching one of them as well. You've got four games going at once. Love it. It's crazy. You're watching. Oh, imagine that, nine games of footy at the same time. Football mad. Whew. Um, Sunday in the 60s in Melbourne was a day of the week when nothing much happened. Shops were shut. Day. Yeah, keep and it the churches holy. were supposed to be full. Exactly, the Sabbath. <laughs> Perfect for you as a Saint supporter. That's right. If you didn't want to stay home and mow the lawn, then the most exciting thing you could do if you wanted to get out and about would be to drive to Essendon Airport and watch the planes come in. This is that's, obviously before the International Telemarine Airport had been opened. Yeah, that's what I, st- I still do that, though. That's that's what I do for fun. I head out and watch the planes and just it's take it all amazing. in. Yeah, I love it. Think about the miracle of flight. 
but I want to do one. Pretty on my, remarkable. On my, it is remarkable. It blows me out every time I fly. Every damn time. You just go with it, though, don't you? Accept death and go with it. Well, you're accepting death by breathing, right? Still you are. staying alive. Yeah. Absolutely. Just to get a little philosoph- philosoph- philosophical honest. A bit of AF eloquence for y'all. Mm. Mm-hmm. Sunday television programs like Wide World of Sport and especially the daily newspapers had a feast when it came to analysing the previous Saturday's round of matches. There were no Sunday papers for Melbourne's in the, Melbournians in those days, and so the full analysis was boiled up over 24 hours and delivered to the public at length in newsprint on the following Monday. Douglas Wilkie, the Sun's long-standing foot, uh, foreign affairs writer, had had enough. He made this observation to the Sun's daily columnist, Keith, uh, Keith Dunstan. I can't stand it any longer. This Whoa. is supposed to be a democracy. We should have rights. There should be something to protect us from all this in winter. There must be a better life than this. Couldn't we stand? Couldn't we start an anti-football organization? Oh wow! This so this guy just had enough of this football mad people. Get it out well, of our. Get it out of our papers. It's Done. the papers are for the news, right? Non-biased, the news. Uh, neutral news, nothing to do with football. It's sacred. Mm-hmm. Our papers. News and news only. None of this yeah. bloody pigskin chasing bullshit. Oh, absolutely. They, um... <laughs> Four screens going at once, the radio in each ear. Um, you know. Speaking of heaps of screens. All the football. What a joy Skype is. If I might say it one more time, what an absolute right. joy we have here in Australia with Skype and our Sk- internet. Mm. Oh. Anyway, back to... No, we'd have to be getting we'd have to be getting all this from our papers, Delicious. our uh, football. So magazine. if we were in the sixties, we couldn't do this at all, buddy. So you know, right? Yeah, that sounds like uh, in the just, next days, just, just column, quickly as well. Dunstan it sounds like relayed um, Wilkie's sentiments, uh, yet maintained conversation between two staffs. He suggested uh, Dunstan and Wilkie, the accountant, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Does he yeah. rounds up the accountant about that. tallying up? He rounds it up, puts it in the paper. So uh, Dunstan suggested the need for an anti-football organisation and the idea of a badge so that members could identify each other. Over the next few days, Dunstan was deluged with responses, hundreds eager to join. The long pent-up frustrations of those whose interest in football was negligible were at last brought out into the open. And so, the Anti-Football League was born. I want to find one of these badges, man. <laughs> oh, man. I'll tell you more about those in a second. Um, but if it was going to compete with the cultural force that was the Victorian Football League, as it was then known, it would have to have respectability. The new society needed a patron. Douglas Wilkie had initially suggested the idea, and Wilkie had written for The Sun since 1946. His highly insightful commentary on international affairs sometimes seemed the only antidote to the Sun's coverage of pigskin-based acrobatics. I love oh, that. I love that. That is, that's the kind of game I'm, I'm into, pigskin-based acrobatics. <laughs> what a way to describe football. Right. Is he trying to throw shade on it? Because that's, that's a great, that's, that's such a good summary of the game. Love great that. Turn of phrase. Very um, good turn of phrase. So... Reclaim the Anti-Football League became known as the AFL, because obviously this is pre-1990, so pre, um, pre-national competition. The AFL. So when I, when I refer to the AFL from now, I mean the Anti-Football League. Of course. That's what I also refer to as when I say I'm watching the AFL on Friday night. That's right. 
It's some Mad Max kind of league. The anti-football league. It's more of an anarchist. Yeah, none they of this pigskin-based acrobatics. It's human-skin-based no. acrobatics. Yeah, that's right. And I, yeah, it's a human-skin ball, and they whip around like in Mad Max Three, where they're on those big, they're like swinging on the back of trucks, and it's, yeah. it's bonkers. It's yeah, <laughs> AFL baby, human-skin-based yeah. acrobatics. <laughs> so the AFL had a had a new patron, and they named an award after him, the Wilkie Medal, which is the anti-Brownlow, awarded annually to a prominent Australian who had done. The least for football. <laughs> <laughs> well, oh man, what an award! They they also used to have a ceremony um, on their um, anti grand final day lunch. And, um, oh my god! Where the winner of the Wilkie Medal would have to destruct, uh, have to destroy a football in a in a, like a creative way. Oh my so god! Had, you know, this is so funny. They, had, they burnt footies. They cut them in half and planted flowers in them. I don't did know. They, all sorts. They have of an anti grand final parade. <laughs> yeah, they, they had their parade and they went the other way. We're going mm. this way. Oh. <laughs> they walked backwards. <laughs> they walked backwards in the opposite direction. Yeah, yeah. fuck you, VFL. We're the AFL. Mm-hmm. Which will never, never catch on. Dunstan now had a regular source of Monday columns as well, with materials gleaned from both supporters and detractors. The detractors saw him as some sort of heretic. After all, football is religion. A letter received at the Sun read, Come to the Phoenix Hotel at 5pm and I'll give you a knuckle sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> bold. Isn't it? So Bold. Especially when you hear the next bit. The Phoenix was a Flinders Street pub owned at the time by former Collingwood footballer and Suns football writer Lou Richards and oh. was frequented by both footballers and journalists alike. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah. Old Lou. Uh, I hope it was Lou who'd written that in. That oh, is so right. good. Yeah. Yeah. You wouldn't, and you wouldn't want to go down there. It's <laughs> not why. Can you imagine? Not for a sandwich. Just. No. Would be kind of tasty. Yeah. Mm, what a regular poor. sandwich. Not a yeah, sandwich. for a sandwich, I'd go down there for sure. Not a knuckle oh. sandwich. No, 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 no. Ouch. Ouchies. Oh. My face is so supple. I can't have that. Oh. There were many letters just as strong. One suggested he just moved to Alaska if he didn't like football. Yeah, Others fuck thought off. he was a communist subversive of dubious moral proclivities, or worse, an Australian. That's, but uh, I would say both of those things. That's what I, how yeah. I describe him as. Clearly a communist. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Fuck off to Alaska, you commie. Right. <laughs> My God. Regardless of the criticism, badges were sold at an alarming rate and the inaugural Douglas Wilkie Medal was awarded to then Prime Minister Harold Holt. I'm, I couldn't Ooh, figure it, I couldn't find what? out what, like, what the reason that they gave it to him was. Um, there must wow. be obviously a reason. But yeah, Hated his yeah. football so much, he went for one last long swim. Yes, indeed. Just to get away from Just the great got game. Got too much. Got too much to him for him. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, let's see. Oh, I found something interesting about. I think within within the first year, um, they had some crazy amount of members. They had more members than Collingwood. Oh, blind. the anti football. That's insane. Why? Wow. So people were really galvanised. Yeah. They were really united over this hate of the football. Oh my gosh. I mean Collingwood. Uh-huh. Pretty great. That is great. Um uh, and the badge the badge was um <clears throat> the badge was a Sharon, but instead of it being oval, it was square. And the idea was that because they made it square because it wouldn't bounce. It was quite no. <laughs> That's good. Unless you hit it on the edge, of course. Bounces here, right? You could bounce yeah, it if you you know, you hit it enough. 
she might bounce back to you. I reckon we can make it work. Mm. Square footy. I think so. The numbers of anti-footballers grew and grew each year, and a new anti-football star was awarded the Wilkie Medal. The public interest was retained, and Dunstan found himself hard-pressed to come up with more bizarre circumstances and stunts for the award of distinction. Commonly, as I said, this involved the destruction of a football by various means. Uh, one year it was planned, uh, placed in a coffin and buried at sea, but it, it, it floated out past the heads and into the bass drain. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. Ended up down yeah. in King Island. Yeah. I kind of want... the pa- you, you and I, our seasons, wouldn't mind packing them up in a coffin and just kind of sending it out to sea. Sending them out, I reckon. Yeah. That's, that's what happened to Bolton. He's, he's gone out to sea. He's going to oh. ride, the, ride the currents all the way back to Hobart. I know. It was in the contract, which is insane. This is how, what a humiliating <laughs> way to go. They, you know, they got to pop you in a coffin and send you back to Tassie. With a big lump of bluestone around your neck. That's rough. It's pretty gangster. Mm-hmm. It's back to their kind of it gangster is. roots. But, um, oh, yeah. It's tradition. It's, tradi- it's tradition. tradition. you got to respect it. Hap- that's right. Um, if it's good enough for Malthouse, it's good enough for Bolton. The last Wilkie Award was awarded in 1994, um, and since then the organization head of, organization's head of steam has slowed. Despite this, a strong band of non-followers of football has maintained true to the credo in which the AFL was founded. But this was before the days of the internet and spontaneous community action. The year 2006 saw the launch of the AFL website and a new beginning for the Anti-Football League. Anti-Football League members have now at least an online meeting point and a forum. Now, I've looked through the website. There's not a hell of a lot of action beyond 2012, so it seems to have run out of steam again. Uh, yeah, but- I think I think also just you realise like putting your energy into stuff you hate in the world that we live in now with, with the inter- internet and with its ubiquitous nature and you, there's mm. no, you just got to let it, let it be. Like you can't. I think so. As if you'd care now. But gee, going from um, 67 all the way through to 90, what did I just say, 90, 94? Seven or ninety-five or whatever it was. It's a that's pretty beginnings. That's pretty impressive. It is, and wouldn't they have been dirty when the when the VFL became the AFL when they took when they took their name? Wouldn't they have been dirty on that? No, we're now the AFL. It's like we're the fucking AFL. We're the anti. We've always been the AFL. We're the one true AFL. And then you're out there spruiking your AFL anti football league talk, but everyone just thinks you're just promoting the the great game. I really want to find out what some of these uh, what some of these Wilkie Award winners won it for. I could, again, I couldn't find that information. Maybe if I looked at news articles at the time, I would be able to find it. But for instance, we got as I said, Harold Holt, Bob Skilton, former VFL oh, yeah. and double Brownlow winner, Swanee, right? Yeah, yeah. Swan, yeah, yeah. South South's boy. Um, who else? Barry Oakley won it one year. Um, Barry Humphreys won it in 1975, and then again he won it in 1986. But as Sir Les Pat- Pattinson, Patterson, I mean, his his character. Um, who else? Yeah, Raylene Boyle, Olympic and Commonwealth champion runner. Um, of course, Raylene. Naturally, everyone knows Raylene hates the football. And Michael Lunig won won it in 2008. That feels very Lunig. That's very Lunig. Does, he would absolutely get on on board with that. With the AFL. <laughs> That's insane. That's insane. I've never heard that. Never heard of any yeah. of this. What a funny at, thing. At, at their lunches, they had um, they have a rule as well that if you mention the F word, as in football, mm-hmm. then, uh, I think you get like a warning and then if you do it again, you're out. You, you're banned. 
I was talking, about, I was talking about soccer. I was talking about soccer. <laughs> dragged it's the anti-all football league. Yeah. Just we hate all football. Uh, I want a, one of those badges. I want a badge. Me too. Let's try find. Get let's try find a badge. That'd be uh, quite a feat if you get your hands on. You'd find one at some like bizarre salvos place. You know, one of those old you know warehouses. You must. There'd be some stall somewhere that's got a bunch of those badges, and I want to find them. Yeah, I reckon. Mm. Oh, the lo- oh here's another list. Uh, Brian Troy won the award in 2011. And the reason given was he was a 74-year-old Melbourneian who had never attended an Aussie rules football match. Oh, good on him. Good on him. <laughs> Lived in Melbourne all his life. <laughs> he can't stand it. 74-year-old footy virgin. He give him, right. give him the medal. Um, well, I'll see if I can... Uh, there's a, I, I found a picture of the uh, badge. Oh, yeah. Maybe I'll post that up on our, um, on our social media. Nice. Um, yeah. And that's, I guess that's it for another week of AF Eloquence, Bart. Absolutely it is. And that was a nice little tidbit there, Millie, uh, about the AFL, the history of the AFL, the one true AFL, the, the anti-football AFL. league, the true AFL. Um, and we're going to get our, our hands on some of those badges. Um, pop them up on the Instagram. Um, but yeah, thanks all for tuning in. Um, speaking socials, you can find us on Instagram, Facebook, and all at AF Eloquence. And same with if you've got any uh, questions or anything you want to send in or any funny stuff, we are also at afeloquence at gmail.com. Um, thanks for staying with us. Mm. We'll, um, we'll talk to you next week. Have a, have a great weekend of footy. Thanks, guys. Thanks again. Bye-bye. Bye. 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 Oh my god. <laughs>